The Grip Life Golf Blog and Podcast is presented commercial-free by BestGrips.com, makers of fine leather golf grips and head covers. I'm your host, Zach Sewell, president of Best Grips, and this is my friend, the esteemed Sam T. Morrow, golf aficionado and course raider. Sam, what's up? Not a thing. Just enjoyed playing some golf this afternoon. Yeah, it falls upon us. I think it was, 90, was, it was 93 today. Yeah, yeah. Houston mm-hmm. fall golf. Yeah, I think yesterday was the official start of fall. It was. Well, the start of fall means football's back. And I know you're such a big football fan, Sam. Yeah, I'm a huge NFL fan. I'm all about, you know, kneeling for the flag and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So the best part about the NFL being back is that typically during the summer and the spring, Sunday is the busiest day at the golf course. Yep. Sunday afternoon. It's a parking lot. So now there's nobody out on Sunday afternoon. So everybody's watching the NFL. It's dead, especially here in Houston where we have the most rabid fan base for a team that doesn't really ever do much. So... Houston's got that going for us. The courses are empty. It's a great time to get out and get some rounds in before uh, winter hits. Oh, exactly. So I'm all about those 36 whole afternoons while people are out watching the Texans. Well, speaking of the Texans, we actually had a very unique uh, interaction with a Texan, a famous Texans player earlier this year while doing a little golf course rating. The, oh, that uh, we that we did, my buddy. Yeah, here it's Sam's best friend. Uh, the infamous now, J.J. Watt. He's like a megastar. So it started out, we were playing a course in Houston as Raiders. and uh, We won't say the golf course yeah. because he was playing around as a prospective member and he ended up joining the course. So we'll, we'll keep everything anonymous there on mm-hmm. that part. But uh, the, the weather was starting to look a little questionable. There some dark clouds were rolling in and it, there was a, a feeling of, hey, let's get this round done before it starts raining. And we noticed a single behind us. He was playing pretty quick. Well, he was also driving on fringes and things yes. like that. Yeah, the cart was definitely going up on the green. Incidentally, if you drive on fringes, you're probably a bad person. Well, now, I can understand if you're if you're handicapped or something like that, you know, more power to you. One cart's not going to do it. But if you're a professional athlete, I don't think you have an excuse to drive up on the green. And he was driving in a creek, But too. there was actually an excuse for him to be driving up on the green that day, which we will get to with our story. So we see the single coming up on us fast, and I made the comment that, man, that guy looks like J.J. Watt from afar, but he doesn't look big enough. Which was very true. Yeah, absolutely. And then our our friend, uh, Keith Kirkendall, (laughs) we won't keep that anonymous, uh, made the comment, I believe, that uh, he looked like he skipped leg day? Yeah, it was something along those lines. Is that right? It was was something in that ilk. So we get to the Eighth eighth hole. And it's a par three, and we decide to let the guy play through. Uh, so, but on the next to the eighth uh, tee box is a sick chipping green, and so I walk over to hit some chips on the chipping green and kind of check that out. And I'm waiting and waiting, finally, just thinking, where's this guy? He should have come. He should have come through by now. He was playing so fast. Well, I decide to walk back over to the tee box to see what's up. Well, I see a cart drive up on the green. The guy gets out, putts, get back, gets back into his cart, drives up to the tee box, and lo and behold, it's NFL star J.J. Watt. With his shirt untucked, by the way. Yeah, shirt untucked. Uh, not Driving wearing, everywhere. Wearing a Nike shirt, which I don't think is in his Reebok Adidas contract, but that's neither here nor there. But he was wearing Adidas shoes. Yes, he, well, no, he's wearing Reebok shoes, wasn't he? He's wearing Adidas oh, shoes. you're right. And he, I think he's got the Reebok. Yeah. Yeah. So Neither here nor there. So he drives up, and, oh, it's J.J. Watt. So he hits a shot. He hit a shot before we started talking. I, off, I offered to let him play through. I said, you know, hey, you're more than welcome to go through, blah, blah, blah. 
And that's when I decided, because I can't just wave someone through and not have a conversation with them because... Like, You're like, a friendly guy. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a friendly guy. So I said, man, I told these guys they wouldn't listen to me, J.J., <laughs> but... I, I like that's JJ Watt. I like how now you're the one who thought it was JJ Watt, even though it was me. Well, it, well, true. But <laughs> I said, yeah, my buddy Keith over here goes, yeah, it looks like JJ Watt, but man, he must have skipped leg day. I go, did you skip leg day today, JJ? <laughs> well, JJ turns thinking I'm Keith because Sam pointed behind him, not looking to see who was behind him. Because I walked right up to JJ, patting him on the me. back, all that stuff, and he looks at me like he's going to rip my arms off out of the sockets. I instinctively point directly into Keith's face, about an inch from his face, and said, no, I'm not Keith. This is Keith. And then J.J. Watt looks at him and says, well, if you had had the workout I had before I came here, you wouldn't even be on the course, bro. Yeah, and he did drop a bro. Yeah. A very, he emphasized the bro. Has an awkward, like, chuckle, gets in his cart, drives off. Now, the shame of it was I wanted to get an autographed yardage book or scorecard. You take home just be like, because I actually have some uh, Tiger Woods autographed scorecards. Well, yeah, the you know, there's the infamous. We've covered it before in the podcast. I am Sam. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, but I want to get the other thing I kind of do. I pulled out my cell phone. I want to get you know, I don't do selfies because I'm not a teenage girl or a guy that doesn't like girls. But I was going to do a selfie with JJ Watt. Yeah, Sam did ask. Should we ask him for a picture? And I said no. That would be pretty. And lame. then the other thing I was going to do. I don't think I was, used the word lame, but. Then I was also, admittedly, I was in the process of calling my wife because I wanted my wife to uh, talk to J.J. Watt just because I thought that'd be kind of cool because she always gets mad because I always seem to meet relatively famous people and she's never around and she's always amused how people like me so much, which most people are amused why people like me also. Yeah, but I, I'm, so then, I ask myself that every day. So then after the round, after the person who almost got his head ripped off <laughs> for commenting about... Uh, leg day originally says man sam you messed it up i wanted to get a picture for my daughter it's like well after he chastised us throughout the honestly though based on our interaction with him i don't think he would have been down for pictures i kind of expected i mean i might be getting ahead of myself here but i was sort of expecting to play a couple holes with them maybe i was misreading the situation but we look like three cool guys. I would have, if, if the roles were reversed, I would have played a couple holes. But, you know, teach his own. I will say, though, that I definitely beat J.J. Watt on that hole by about three strokes. That you did. And he was not playing with tips. No, he was not playing the tips, and he was driving all over the place, as I mentioned. Um, but, hey, he had leg day. So, But, now, what's ironic was... That just a few days later, he ended up having to have a procedure on, I believe, his knee. Now, that's ironic that he was out playing golf right before training camp, uh, needing a, a leg procedure, especially after he just had oh. this, this killer leg workout. <laughs> We're putting on the tinfoil here, folks. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of think J.J. <laughs> Watt's full of BS. Well, you know, everyone has bad days, everyone has good days, so we'll just chalk it up to potentially him having a bad day. Maybe he was having a bad day. And I've also heard that he and his wife, because he's recently married, bought a house kind of near me, you know, in the expensive area. I live in the poor part of my, my neighborhood, but I've heard they live near me, so if I ever run into J.J. at H-E-B, you know, he and I can discuss it. And J.J., if you're listening, you know, feel free to reach out. We'll give you a second chance. We will give you a second chance. Well, uh, speaking of golf, though, 
you know, let's talk about with fall here, everyone's probably getting ready to go on golf trips. I know a couple of buddies of mine are going to play Chambers Bay this weekend. You and Sam, or you and Keith. I am Sam. Yeah, nice exactly. To meet you. you and Keith are going off and doing kind of a cross-country trip. Well, we're what? doing a cross-Texas trip because why would anybody want to leave Texas? Exactly. Well, it's big enough, you know. Who needs to? Well, yeah, and, and, the, rest of the, and the rest of the country sucks. What makes up the perfect golf trip for you? For, for everyone listening at home, if they're trying to put together a golf trip and they've never done it before, what are the, what are the must-dos, the what's to avoid, things you want to make sure you do, things you want to make sure you don't do? See, the only things, the only must-haves, if you ask me, are cool golf courses and good friends who you know you're going to have a good time with. You want to go, typically speaking, with the kind of friends who you know you're going to have just enough fun with to maybe have some stupid stories but not bad enough where someone potentially ends up in jail, which I've actually been on golf trips like that where Yikes. people have ended up in jail before. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how you want to do it. Like, for instance, if I took a, a golf trip with Zach, I'm pretty confident a golf trip with Zach would, would be, well, I've been on a few. I can tell you not a whole lot of crazy stuff yeah, happens. There's very little risk of going to jail. There, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be in bed early. Yeah. You've probably eaten at a chain restaurant or two. That's Now, I take offense to that. I'm not a fan of chain restaurants. I like the hole-in-the-wall locals. Okay. You're, gonna, you're not going to have any crazy stories. I, I definitely like the golf trips, though, where I'm playing somewhere cool and your friends, you end up closing down dive bars or end up getting invited to somebody's house to go drinking in a garage or that kind of thing or the random someone tries to sell you drugs at the urinal that kind of thing that's that's a that's a golf trip though that you know has a lot of potential for stories and then when you add on the golf and the fun stuff that just makes it even better i uh, i took a golf trip with keith last year uh to sweeten's cove and we didn't close down any dive bars or uh buy any drugs at a urinal but the urinal at sweeten's cove i wouldn't want to get near so that's, that's true. Related. That's that's a good point. I've heard that you actually had to go to Taco Bell to use the bathroom. No, that that's all on Keith. I'm I'm the kind of guy that can hold it for eight hours and and enjoy his round without having to go. Oh, to the bathroom see, every and that's really fascinating. You say it because this is one this is one of my pet peeves at golf courses. If a golf course doesn't have fine enough bathroom facilities, well, and I can actually true. tell you, you so know, now, you really this should. is fascinating to me. The bathroom. I actually had this conversation with someone the other day about how many stalls we have around the property at our home club, Northgate Country Club. Yeah, there's really I, only the clubhouse and then the two on the course. Well, there's well, there's a couple on the golf course. There's also at the halfway house. Oh, there's also true. downstairs by the pool. So there are multiple, multiple places to uh, defecate. <laughs> but I'm pretty big on that because I can tell you right now, if I have a morning round like for MGA, that's my first stop. Oh, yeah, it's – I think – well – Based on my experiences playing uh, tournament golf and junior golf, that was always the kind of everyone's first thing to do when they got to the course. There was always a line at the bathroom. And would you believe I have a bathroom before a golf tournament poop story? Oh boy, I do. This was not cleared before the podcast. No, so I'm I, very I just rem- I haven't I haven't thought of this in fifteen years till we got down that that road, if you will. So at the uh, illustrious Brenham Country Club in Brenham, that's where Bluebell Ice Cream comes from. The Brenham Country Club, before a high school tournament, they had one stall. The stall didn't have a door. So one <laughs> I've of my, actually played there, and I so, know exactly what So one of my about. high school teammates walks into the bathroom, <laughs> gets me and a teammate, and goes, Guys, I need y'all in the bathroom now. Now, that's never the kind of thing you want to hear from your buddies. Especially before a tournament. Yeah, especially before a tournament. 
So we had to pick, we had to stand in front of the door to the stall to block anyone from seeing my friend going number two. Nice. Build a wall. Build, yeah, exactly. See, this is where we should have built a wall. <laughs> so, so from that day on, now that, that's when you know you have a good friend when you'll stand in front of him while he's going number two so other people don't see. So, uh, there but to circle go. back to Sweetens Cove, that is the perfect golf trip course. You can have, there's so much uh, just room for making memories out there. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed our trip. It's only nine holes, though, and there aren't enough golf courses around. In the area, yeah, but the yeah. nine holes, you can get a lot of here. You can. There, there's a lot of pl- replayability. Here's the other reasons a place like Sweetens, though, can't be a perfect golf trip place. There's no food. When That's you get true. to a course, you got to have you have to have places to use the bathroom. You have to have places to get food. Well, I remember when we went with Keith, who is a celiac. Uh, we ate at a Taco Bell on the way there. We had Tex-Mex for dinner, which two guys from Texas in Tennessee eating Tex-Mex is a real great choice. And then we had Taco Bell for lunch on the way out. So that was uh, the food on that trip was not sound like a real foodie trip. No, it was not a food. So you're going on your own little uh, golf trip this fall. I am because nothing says rugged and camping under the stars like Sam. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know what to think about camping while also playing golf. That seems very uh, sweaty and just very uh, uncomfortable. They have showers, so we're going to spend two nights at Cedar Hill State Park. So we're going to play a couple rounds in the Metroplex. We're going to play Dallas National, which is pretty awesome. We're play Royal highly Oaks. rated in Texas. Yeah. We'll play Royal Oaks, which is where Justin Leonard grew up. And we don't have the third course figured out yet. We're still kind of winging that as we go. So we'll do some In-N-Out Burger, definitely on the trip. Um, which, In-N-Out Burger is not the equivalency of Whataburger, by the way. And I would argue that In-N-Out Burger is not as good as Burger King. There's a hot take. Wait, you Burger King? Or yeah. you mean Whataburger? No, Burger King also. Burger King Actually, for- no, no, wait. Burger King, the Burger King Whopper is very underrated. I, yeah. In fact, I would say it's one of the best fast food burgers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so we're in but In and Out is definitely better than Whataburger. Other fries. So. And I say that as a diehard Texan, but burger for burger, I would take In and Out. But you're right, the Whataburger fries are much. Well, better. Well, you're a communist, so that's irrelevant. <laughs> that's the so, first time that's ever. So, been said. so we'll be so we'll be camping under the stars in Cedar Hill State Park for a couple nights. It'll be three of us. We've got a cool setup. Apparently, there's uh, electricity at our campsite. You know, three guys in a, in a in a tent, no shenanigans. You know, so. You know, there's there's also no, thank you. There's also running water. Sam, it's there's showers and stuff. I mean, hey, so oh, that, at the campsite, at the campsite, yeah, and today, and plus, if you're staying midweek at a campsite in suburban Dallas, you're going to meet some of the coolest people, and I, I coolest it might not be the word to use, but you're going to meet some fascinating folks. I feel like <laughs> I cannot some, imagine what you what you meet what you run into at a campsite. Oh, see, I I think this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of salt of the earth, folks. What are you guys going to eat? Well, I just told you In-N-Out Burger. No, for dinner. You're not going to cook steaks or anything? Uh, well, we're going to take a little propane grill. I know that we're meeting a friend who's in town from California. It's going to be in Fort Worth at the same time. So one night we're having dinner in Fort well, Worth. Well, this doesn't sound like camping. This sounds more like glamping. Oh, this is very much glamping. Yeah. Yeah, this is absolutely, I mean, because that's how we roll. I mean, we have a portable AC for the tent, the whole nine yards. I mean... Not not everybody can go camping in a BMW like we are. And so that's oh gosh. we're we're going we're hoity toity. <laughs> play play a nice golf course the whole nine yards. So then we'll leave uh, Dallas and we will head down to the Texas Hill Country, and we'll be camping one night at Blanco State Park. 
Now, Blanco State Park is actually apparently the smallest state park in the great state of Now, Texas. that's going to be on, like, Friday night. That'll be a Friday night, so there'll be a lot of families. Yeah, I feel like that'll be a lot more mainstream as far as camping goes. The one I'm real interesting to, to see how it plays out is the uh, midweek camping. Oh, I definitely feel like I should take my phone and, like, just record conversations with people at Cedar Hill State Park. Yeah, I'm sure that... I, I think it's going to... It'll be nice to play back for the police when they're investigating the crime scene. Well, you know, that's also <laughs> that's also possible. And certainly, I'm not going to take any valuables with me to the public shower. Oh, man. I'm I'm not, I'm not glad I'm going to miss out on that. Oh, you know, it's okay. Here. So what's the PGA tournament this weekend? Or this week? The Safeway Open from Napa, California. And that is the last thing you'll hear about the PGA Tour on our podcast because we are no longer covering professional golf. What's the most interesting thing about Napa, California? The wine. Well, the wine is one of them. Uh, because that's also where they were going to go for the bachelor party and the hangover is what they told all their wives, even though they went to Vegas. Man, bring it, I did not I did and not remember that. to bring this back to food. Oh, I've seen the hangover at least 20, 30 times. I'm not surprised And bring this that. back to food. What famous restaurant is located in Napa? Famous restaurant. French Laundry, often considered the number one restaurant in the world. Really? Yes. How many Michelin stars? I believe it has 12. It's off the chart. I don't, I don't know about 12 No, it Michelin literally stars. is max. It's always ranked as one of the top restaurants in the world. <laughs> so. Well, getting away from food and back to golf, uh, you excited about any new uh, equipment this fall? Mizuno has new blades out that look cool. And they look sick. They look like old school Mizuno blades. And the sad thing is I realize I'm not good enough to hit blades anymore. Oh, I've, man. That's just so lame. That's not true. That's I mean, what golf marketing wants you to think. So you buy the more expensive uh, foam-filled. Well, I'm so, Oh, no. I won't, play, I won't play foam-filled. I want distance I just, I, As I play my 20-year-old I think blades. anyone can benefit from playing blades. I just... I don't think... And I've actually talked to several people uh, in the industry that are behind the scenes that agree with that. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to out anybody, but there's definitely a, a contingency that feels that way about now, blades. Titleist also has some new irons out. Yeah, what and are they, the I hit Terminator the t- T100s? Yeah, I know. The names are terrible. I wish they'd stayed with the AP line. Why? Why? Why change that? I don't know, because I guess Titleist has to be like TaylorMade and Callaway and just... Let's change our name every five minutes. Blah, 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 blah. But it's like, just change this. Just keep the names going. It's like I didn't like when Bridgestone went from the E6 to the E12 and all that stuff. Well, at least it's kind of keeping the same kind of naming. But yeah, the, but the new naming structure is very strange. But so I hit some of the T300s the other day, which actually looked pretty good for a hack stick. Now, that competes with the PXG, just the regular PXG one, or no? Oh, are we talking about PXG? I don't consider them a real... A real golf manufacturer. Oh, that's a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. No, it's what? Is, what is the T three hundred? Is that like the? I think it's like kind of like replacing the AP one kind of. Oh, situation. I thought it was the AP three. No, I. Well, see, and I never understood the difference between the AP one and the AP three. AP two is the player's iron. Yes. AP three was like the super game improvement. AP twos were awesome. AP one. If was anyone's game listening, they can send me a set of AP twos to demo. <laughs> Preferably with five five Project Xs and uh, t- uh, one degree flat, two degree strong. Oh, man, the getting, getting specific with I'm the just, specs. Just there. saying, you don't have to send me grips because I'm gonna have best grips on them. Absolutely. So there you the podcast. But, so uh, the, the, no, the Tideless look good. The Mizuno's look good. The MP20s are incredible, but they also have some irons there that are a little more playable if you're that worried about it. Yeah, but if, if you're gonna play Mizuno's, you gotta play some cool looking blades. That's kind of the whole thing of Mizuno. Listen, if. All these game-improving clubs are actually working. Everyone's handicaps should be getting lower. 
I think my handicap's going up. Actually, I think it's going down a tiny bit, but that's because of my putting. <laughs> um, and, you know, I know... Speaking of your putting, though, Sam puts the greatest putter he's ever putted with in his bag for, like, two rounds. And then that I, courtesy, given to him courtesy of Zach, a two-line... Oh, I paid for it. <laughs> I got about ten rounds in. A two-line, what was it, uh, Long, Long Island? Long Island. Yeah, the putter is sick. But there were a couple problems with it. A, it said Long Island on the bottom, which just is a nasty place to me. Oh, Lord. And it had a sight line, which I don't like. you like, oh, what, sight dot or nothing? I don't want anything. I want them naked. Oh, see, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm partial to the sight dot. See, I, I took off, I took, uh, I had a sight dot on my slider that I actually covered with lead tape. And yeah, you've got cool. kind of like a little artisan two-line modified slider. I'm digging it. You putt pretty well with I it. I call so. it the circle, Sam. <laughs> So it's pretty cool, but um, so yeah, the tool the Toulon is in permanent retirement. Permanent, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens after your like two bad rounds of putting. Yeah, it could be back in. Well, I picked up Probably some of those uh, speed sticks or speed trainers. Okay, the, I really the, should think of the name. I really should write the names of products down before I start talking about them on the podcast. Especially but, after you buy them. Hey, I'm not getting paid to play it, so I can call it whatever I want. No, that's fair. Yeah, it's the speed stick. You've seen them around. It's the three sticks. Phil Mickelson uses them. That's the deodorant I use. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm an Old Spice guy. I'm a speed stick guy. Old Spice or bust is what I say. But I've been using them for a couple weeks, and they say you can pick up 5% speed after eight weeks of using them, and I think I picked up about a half a percent. So I've got that going for me. Which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, friend of the podcast Artisan has a sick new line of putters out called the S-Line. I want to try the artisan wedges. Dude, the artisan wedges are very cool. I may or may not have a uh, review of those coming. Are they as cool as my scratch wedges? Absolutely. So my scratch wedges are pretty Absolutely awesome. Absolutely cooler than the scratch wedges. No, the S-Line from Artisan, it's uh, got less custom options than their high-end custom putter and a little more attractive price point and a sick leather head cover made by yours truly so we are going to mention professional golf again sort of as long as we're not talking about the tour we're fine we're talking about the champions tour which oh. you know, calling that well oh. as, as the late great dave marr once said also houstonian said uh the champions tour was the ultimate mulligan <laughs> so the reason i mentioned this though was i saw on the interweb yesterday that rocco mediate won the with artisan yeah with a prototype putter yeah and wedges the 0619 the 061. It's a little bit like their square back, which I think is the 0519, mm-hmm. but it's a little longer too. It's kind of one of those putters that has a little bit of um, curve to the bottom of it. You know, if Art isn't such a friend of the grip life, they need wedges for us. Well, I'll t- if, if they were to send a certain someone some raw wedges with no stampings that just were built like the old school Cleveland 588s, I know someone who would happily test them. <laughs> Get we got you know what the grip life needs is we need some like review hookups like everybody else seems to have, but uh, so what's going on new here? At Best what's Grips? new at Best Grips? Uh, two new things coming from Best Grips. We have a new change up to the head cover offerings. Instead of embroidered numbers, we'll now have leather sewn on numbers. You pick the number or letter, pick the stitch color, and then you can add your monogram to the back. For the price of forty-five for hybrids, fifty for fairways, and fifty-five for drivers. See, that's nothing. I was in Golf Galaxy recently, 
and they actually have leather covers made by a company out of Canada that were, I think, $125 for a driver cover. And that's just a stock driver cover. Yeah. Well, I mean, all golf stuff is overpriced, but head covers especially are. Not only is golf stuff overpriced, I also that day looked at wedges because I'm in the market for wedges as my sand wedge is getting a little bit older. All the wedges today are ugly. They're all these high toe things, and there's monstrosities. See, I like the uh, I like that high toe look. I don't. The PM grind, the high toe. Yeah. I, but I've always kind of liked the teardrop shaped wedges versus the kind of square. Yeah, I, I want simple. I'm old school Cleveland 588 from the 90s. So just it it was driving me nuts looking at them. Well, speaking of old school, I also have some wraps coming out in October. I have the wrap on a club, and I love it. It's same it's leather, cool. same leather as the classic, but instead of being stitched, it's wrapped with sort of a larger, a larger wrap than what you're probably used to, uh, which is great for wedges, or, you know, clubs that you open up or woods where the shafts have to turn. So, yeah. Sam, we're our claim to fame here is that we're golf course writers. Is that our claim to fame? Well, it's one of our claims to fame. Okay, uh, but when you're going to a course to rate, what do you look for? See, I'm different than a lot of people because I don't like a lot of hoity-toity amenities and 14 people touching my golf bag before I uh, get out of the car, that kind of thing. Well, I would say that a a purist wouldn't even assess that as part of his assessment. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people still look at that, you know, and like I can tell you right now, I don't valet park my car anywhere. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't like I refuse to valet park my car. This goes back to a long story I won't tell about my dad saying that valet parking was evil. So Well, the movie Death Wish is very anti-valet parking. Oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't bring it back to Charles Bronson, but okay. But like I don't like and I, I won't name the course. There's a club in southeast Texas where I actually once played it. And I was playing by myself. Um, and I counted there were 11 employees who I talked to had some kind of interaction with before I teed off. And this was, I didn't even go in the restaurant or the locker room or anything. You know, it's the people who meet you at the gate, which I, I get that. There's got to be somebody at the gate. But then there's a person at the front of the parking lot directing you where to park. Then there's the kid who's got to, like, jump in your trunk the second you open your trunk. Let me get your bag for you, sir. Then there's the next guy who he's got to hand the bag off to to put it on your cart. Which I'd be on the driver's side or the passenger side, sir. And here, the next guy, he's going to walk you to the golf shop. Oh, you mean the room right there that says golf shop 15 feet away? Well, I think some people expect that with a a fancy private club. See, I want to be left alone. I'm simple. I'm a people person, but I want to do my own thing. When when I'm out there rating a golf course, you know, like I I look past condition stuff. There are certain condition things you just have to realize are going on. Like, of course, just punch. People freak out over when courses punch. And those people are just stupid because if you don't aerate your greens, your golf course is going to be bad long run. That's just one of those necessary evils. Oh, yeah. You know, but I look at it, you know, and if you know what you're doing and actually have a brain in your head, you can see stuff and you know this is a good golf hole, this is a bad golf hole. It doesn't matter if it's the best condition course or the worst condition course. There's plenty of golf courses in the Houston area. There's actually, I was talking to a buddy who played in a tournament recently at a club in West Houston. The golf course is just so boring and every hole is the exact same, but the place has a waiting list. To join because they have a big pool for the families and the greens are always fast but i'm but it is just boring as can be 
but that's you know that's what sells that's what people want yeah i think condition wise that's kind of a double-edged sword because there's some things condition wise you should ignore but then there's other things like a course we rated not too long or a couple years ago actually that was just it was so wet that the course couldn't be played like it was designed to be played and I feel like that you can use as a knock on the course. You can. And, well, and also if you... But, like, seasonal conditions, you really should ignore. And it's funny you say it because the course you're talking about that was so wet, um, part of the reason for that is, if you know the backstory, is that the way it was built, a very prominent architect came in and built that golf course, and they didn't design the drainage correctly. So it essentially has no fairway drainage. Even though, played like that. Even though it wraps around a very large creek, a creek that's bordering more like river size. Uh, and national so has, boundary almost. Yes, abs- <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Actually, no, you're thinking of a different golf. I'm talking about a different golf course than you are. Oh, but still. I'm talking about, you know, the one where... I, I know, when you said yeah. that, I know what you're saying. But yeah, this is another golf course. Because I, I don't know the story behind that one, whether or not that was a construction issue. But this particular golf course in the area has was actually a construction issue, hmm. and they've lost members because I of know it. I I look for I my big things are routing, and playability, when I'm rating. Like I, I there's a, a really highly graded course we played recently, where everything is great, and then you get to the 15th hole, and the 16th hole is the 15th hole and the 17th hole almost border right on each other, and then the 16th hole was just kind of haphazardly placed. Uh, between the two, or not between the two, really covers both of them, and well, so that that's to me is just it's just how do you overlook that? And there's several holes out there. Well, maybe not several, but there are a few where the tee box for the next hole is back, like even with I, the fairway I from hate the that. previous hole. I hate having to leave your bag and then walk back to the tee box. I, I realize that you know you, you're not going to get a course that's perfect where the tee box is right next to the green and it's just a little skip over to hit your drive but you know that's how golf was meant to be played so i have another i told a high school golf story earlier i have another high school golf story that pertains to leaving your bag and walking backwards i grew up at hearthstone country club in houston um so we had a hole on the wolf corner nine the fifth hole you walk off the fourth green and you have to walk back about 125 yards or so to the fifth tee box so we would always leave as kids we'd leave our bags they're in the left side of the fairway or in the middle of the fairway because they're only 125 yards away. It's par five. You can hit right over them. Well, so one day, a buddy of mine is struggling. He hits a low burner off the fifth tee. Oh, no. Now, if you know where this is going, it was one of those things, you know, like one in a million kind of things. You always hear people say, well, it's a one in a million shot. His little worm burner proceeded to hit my buddy's other buddy's bag sitting next to his bag and from a distance and this was before uh, graphite shafts in most fairway woods so like this one guy didn't keep a, a head cover on his three wood it's my old type was 975 f three woods so you could see from 125 yards away his ball hits dead center on the face of his tideless three wood oh man and you see the ball go one way and you see the head go the other way oh no so, well, I mean, yeah, when you know, you shouldn't have to do that because I'm just just put the tee box right there next to the green. Well, that's why you should ride. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, actually, I, let me take that back. It depends on the temperature of the day. Yeah, it does. That's true. Well, so when you're rating, Sam, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite amenity 
on the course that's not golf related. That's not golf related? Yeah. Okay. So that we've rated so far. So now I touched earlier on bathrooms, how important I find a bathroom to be on a golf course and just on the property in general. Because I, whenever I use the bathroom, I want to feel like I'm at home. The other thing is, now, and I will say this about it, I, I will name this golf course. Whispering Pines has mango-scented towels. And man, those come, they come at the perfect time, Let me too. tell you. Yeah, there's a couple. I think they're on like 6 and 12, or yeah. 6 and 13. Yeah. And on a hot day, that that mango-scented towel in a cooler, cool. oh my gosh. It cools you cool. right down. And it's it, so it stays refreshing. for like a couple holes, too. It does. I mean, you just you smell like mangoes and stuff. Like I literally, I took a couple and like wiped my whole head and neck in them. I smelled like mango scented towels all day. Oh, just wonderful, refreshing. And I've played out there on hot days. When we played there last time, it was a very hot day. That mango scented towel was killer. Oh, and you, well, you're gonna hate me for mine uh, because it's the most basic thing ever. Uh, but when we raided Blue Jack, which is Tiger Woods' course down here, the um, the brisket tacos on 13 Number 12. or 12 were perfect. It's just a nice nice uh, mid-afternoon snack while you're playing. I mean, I think they had jerky there too, didn't they? Or was that a... The jerk shack was there too. Sounds like you had it. It was the jerk shack yeah. for you. The jerk well, shack. You had, you had jerky, you had a little brisket taco, and you had a little Blue Jack Ale, which is actually made down the street at B-52 Brewery. It was an IPA. Yeah. The, so, um... Well, it's funny you say that because the 12th hole... I at, love me some snacks. The 12th hole at Blue Jack's about 170-yard par 3. But in its Blake Tree National days, it was an amazing 470-yard par 4. So they actually neutered the hole. The, cor- the course that was so incredible that it's still around today. <laughs> Architecturally, they say the Lido in Long Island was the greatest golf course ever built. And well, well, Sam, uh, I know Blue Jack replacing uh, Blake Tree grinds your gear, gear gears. But... Uh, what else is grinding your gears these days? So lately, every time I get on the internet, whether it's Facebook or the Instagram or all that stuff, idiots are cutting golf balls in half and in quarters. What's up with that? They're just trying to see what's under the hood. They're trying to see you know, what they're paying for. It's like there's this one website that like is all about, oh, we got to open up the golf balls so you can see what's inside them. I, th- I think actually one of the guys even says, we, we, we cut them so you can see them or something like that. It's like, you know, I don't care. And I know everybody's real big on, like, the Kirkland golf ball and stuff. It's like, come on now. Just don't cut golf balls in half. I don't want to see it on the Internet. Well, you may dismiss them cutting those balls, but it did lead to a little Nixon goes to China situation with the the, uh, uh, senior VP of a major company going to visit them. Difference was Nixon was a great president. And debatable, and Callaway just sh- no. Nixon was a great president, and um, and uh, Callaway just showed that uh, that they just were caving to pressure. <laughs> it's like you know what? Guess what? Every manufacturer, I don't care what any idiot says out there. You know, whenever you build, whenever you make anything, whether golf balls or widgets or duct tape, there's always going to be imperfections. That's true, but I think their willingness to sort of meet them halfway shows that they knew there was a problem and we're probably i don't know it's it's a bad situation um i really don't know how i feel about callaway products fun fact that's half that's half the reason i took the tool on putter out of the bag really yes actually very seriously because because of the ball issue or because they went to because uh, he he was so ready to admit and just whimper and just like well but what does that say about them did did they know how bad the problem was and they were just like 
trying to pretend it didn't exist? Don't know. Don't care. Took hmm. the putter out of the bag. You know, that's my attitude. Damn. Well, I, I guess we're both done with them for different reasons. Be a, be a man about it. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's all for this edition of The Grip Life, golf blog and podcast. So all we ask is play fast and don't cut golf balls in half. Yeah. Follow us on social media at The Grip Life on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And also there's a link in the bio to pose a question for us to answer. Uh, We may answer it uh, on the next podcast. Say goodbye, Sam. Goodbye, Sam.